Welcome back to The Inconvenient Truth. I'm your host, Amy. This is the hot spot for honest and open conversations for independent thinkers. If you're looking for some real talk about life, controversial topics, and the Catholic faith, then you're in the right place. It'll be just like a 10-minute one-on-one coffee date with me. New episodes go up every Friday, and believe me, they are chock full of unsolicited advice, unpopular opinions, and inconvenient truths. So buckle up, grab a coffee, a tea, or a margarita, and let's get ready to roll. Good morning, folks. Welcome back to another week, another episode. It is really cold in my house right now because our furnace broke, and and yeah, I'm sitting here a little chilly, but it's okay. The furnace dude is going to come in a few days, and hopefully we'll get that whole thing straightened out. I just wanted to take a moment to talk about last week's episode and give a little thank you to all the people who reached out, shared, and listened. It was a great episode, and I was not sure how on earth I was going to be able to top it this week. But here we are. Um, hopefully, I was able to come up with a stellar title to get you to click on this episode, and hopefully, you'll stay a while. I just wanted to take a moment to remind my listeners that this podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, and probably wherever else it is that you listen to your podcasts. If you listen on the iTunes app, please rate and review. That really, really helps. As always, I am available to you guys through social media. You can find me at The Inconvenient Truth with Amy on Instagram. And if you wanted to reach out through email, that is in the show notes. Any of the sources that I will be using in this episode will also be there as well. So now that that's out of the way, let's dive into this week's topic. I know that I've gotten quite a few listeners this past week. Welcome, guys. Um, Stay a while. (laughs) For those of you who are not familiar with who I am, and I actually think there may be quite a few of you, I am actually adopted from China. My parents adopted me when I was 11 months old. They wanted to expand their family. Um, I'm not sure how they came to choose China as the place. Uh, Maybe they just thought Chinese babies were cute. So I'm not quite sure about that side of the story. But I am adopted. From what we know, um, I was dropped off at the doorstep of an orphanage when I was actually just a few days old. And the rest of the adoption process, you know, just went off from there. Throughout my life, I actually didn't think too much about the miracle of my situation. In fact, it wasn't until around, you know, eighth grade that I was actually kind of given insight into how absolutely insane my situation was and is. And what was that thing, you may wonder? Um, Well, it was around that time that I started being a pro-life public speaker. I was going into high schools and grade schools, youth groups, catechism classes, pretty much anyone who'd take me got me. I spoke at pro-life rallies. I had a TV interview at, I think it was the 2015 March for Life in San Francisco. And this was just my thing. 
And each time I would bring up my adoption story. And I don't want to say it was routine, but I don't think that I fully thought about the meaning behind what I was saying. And it wasn't until after one time, um, after I had finished my speech and was doing a Q&A, that some girl brought up the fact that since I was adopted, I was, you know, like a survivor. And for some reason, it was almost like my eyes were opened and I just realized, wait, <laughs> hold on, this, this all makes sense. You know, here I was, you know, being this advocate for life, given all these um, statistics and numbers, while at the same time, you know, being completely oblivious to the fact that I could have just as easily been just another number, another statistic, or another abortion. You know, I had always thought like, oh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I speak about this because I'm passionate about it, but, you know, I didn't have any major conversion or, you know, amazing story about my life, but this kind of brought me to a halt and it made me think like, wait a second, no, this does affect me and this did affect me um, because something that I didn't tell you <laughs> was that I was adopted during China's one-child policy a mandate that resulted in forced sterilizations, infanticides, and abortions. Some of the medical teams during that time were known to have performed roughly around 20 sterilizations a day. And in addition, the Chinese government claims that they have prevented over 400 million births. Think about that number. 400 million people, humans, mothers, fathers, brothers, and sisters were denied life. And I'm actually going to hit you with a double whammy because not only did I survive the one-child policy, I survived it while being female. Because something that's, you know, not really talked about in relation to the one-child policy is how sex-selective the Chinese culture became. You see, it was it was tradition for Chinese boys. Well, it is tradition still. It's not was. It still is. It, um, it is tradition for Chinese boys to take care of their families when their parents got old. Uh, a female would go and live and take care of her husband's family. So that resulted in all of the Chinese couples wanting their one child to be a boy. Um, and actually, according to the official numbers in 2019, the country has about 33 million more men than women. Um, so what did that mean, you know, for all those Chinese girls? At first, a lot of them were abandoned in the streets or killed at birth. For a while, people would be finding the remains of children in trash cans, dumpsters, or in the streets. When the ultrasound machine came out, people then would have an abortion. Or if you were lucky, you would be left at an orphanage, adopted, and then brought to the States. I, I was once asked how I felt about living a life without knowing my real parents. I don't feel any hate or regret or anger. I have nothing but absolute gratitude for the couple who saw my life as something more something beautiful and worth saving. I will never know what type of situation I was born in. Um, I just, I just won't. I can't, I kind of think it's impossible at this point. <laughs> um, but 
you know, you can speculate. Maybe my birth mother was a teen mom. Maybe I was my parents' second child, or maybe I just wasn't what they were looking for. Whatever the situation, my my parents made a choice. And that choice was to give me the life that they couldn't. So no, I will never feel hate or anger for the situation that I, you know, lived through. I will never feel anything but love and gratitude towards the two strangers who saw beyond their own lives and chose me. That, folks, that's not abandonment. It's not neglect. That is love. And you may be thinking to yourself, Amy, what kind of twisted definition of love are you referring to? It is the real one. It is the unselfish one. The everlasting one that touches people from across the world. And no matter what situation or emotions my birth parents were going through, even if it was the worst situation you could possibly think of, the point is, I did not become just another number, another statistic, or another abortion. And I would not trade the experiences or life I have now for anything. I was my birth mother's inconvenient truth. My existence was undeniable, but my life was not expendable, and deep down she knew that. And if I ever met her, of course, I would have questions, but I would thank her first and foremost for choosing to allow me to live the life that I have now, a life that is full, beautiful, and 100% my own.